0: Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, the crossroads where culture, lifestyle and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American G. Keith Alexander.
1: Well, I guess that's me. So welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander and wherever you are. I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Now today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Aisha Jackson. Aisha is a rising Broadway songstress and regional theater star, hailing from the historic Atlanta neighborhood of College Park, and now a proud Harlem American. She made history as the first black Anna in Frozen. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Ayesha Jackson is What's Hot.
2: Hey. How are you? How
1: you doing?
2: I'm great. How are you? I'm okay.
1: Thank you for joining us all the way from London today.
2: Of course, of course. Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. It's not every day I get a chance to talk to a pretty woman in in London. So uh, (laughs) I feel honored.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you.
1: (laughs) So all right, so we're going to talk about uh, you and uh, your uh, your career and your ambitions and things like that. But first, as I do always, I'd like to uh, have my guest take the Wayback Machine and let's oh, take the okay. Wayback Machine, and you tell me what it was like growing up as little Aisha Jackson.
2: <laughs> little Aisha Jackson has two big brothers and one little sister, and uh, a teacher and a pastor for parents, uh, my mother and my father. and We all grew up singing in church together, and uh, we were the family that, like, went Christmas caroling during the holiday season to the local mall and sang for everybody. (laughs) Um, That was us. But yeah, we always grew up with music around, mostly gospel growing up. And um, my brother went to a performing arts high school, both of them. And they did a production of Once on this Island one year, and they needed someone to play the little girl. And so my brother came home and was like, hey, do you want to audition? And I was like, uh, I guess like I think I just said yes, because my brothers were doing it. I'm like, they're cool. I'll do it. And um, but I, you know, I was in choir and all those things. But I was in the sixth grade and I went and auditioned for it and I booked it.
0: <laughs> and, um,
2: and when I got into the room, I realized that uh, they had a, an older character who was playing T-Moon that was like the lead. And I was like, oh, I want to be T Moon. Like little Aisha is just in the room scoping out like, mm, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I think that's kind of where the musical theater bug started. Um, but that I was in the sixth grade and then continued doing choir and different things like that. And then went on to the same performing arts high school mm-hmm. as my brothers. And mm-hmm. that's when I fully realized that I desired to be uh on Broadway and like pursue musical theater. I was actually understudying Jaquina Calakango, Tony Winner. Um, she went to my high school, we went to the same high school, and we were doing a production of Aida. And uh-huh. um, and I was her understudy. And then this past year in Paradise Square on Broadway, I was her standby. So I was covering for her. <laughs> it was like a full circle moment. Whoa. And she incredible. was. She won the Tony Award, and I was just (laughs) screaming with pride and respect and um, love um, and joy for that moment. But yeah, so all those things, Tri-Cities High School, shout out, Um, we both went there and it it was like really cool to to have that moment with her. But anyway, yeah, I skipped a lot, but... (laughs) That that, was little Aisha with her siblings singing, figuring out what music is, uh, falling in love with gospel music first, and then figuring out what I wanted to pursue from then on. But always having a very supportive system within my family and them just, you know, telling us, pursue what you want, pursue your passions, find out what it is you love and go for it. So very grateful to have always had that.
1: Well, you know, that's very beautiful because uh, sometimes parents, uh, out of love, stifle mm-hmm. their children uh, yeah. because they think that, well, why do you want to do that? That that doesn't, uh, you know, people don't, you know, you, you're you not going to, you know, all that stuff. That doesn't pay but the bills. You won't do this. Yeah, right. You won't do that. How but, are you going to do exactly. that? Exactly. So,
2: yeah.
1: But it's beautiful when parents allow their child to find their own path to discover mm-hmm. what 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 burns as a passion uh within them. And uh For sure. It, it it's so 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 beautiful. So all right, so now you're 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 performing in malls and things with your family and,
0: <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs>
2: and <laughs> you church malls and, everywhere. <laughs>
1: Anywhere got a microphone.
2: Right. Right. Even if you don't have a microphone, honey, it's just anywhere.
1: <laughs> so, so 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 when you decided that mom, dad is something I've got to tell you, mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I'm going to New York. Okay. And you only yes. had what? You had five bags when you came here and a hundred five bags and a lot of space,
2: baby. That's yeah. what I say. Five <laughs> bags and a lot of faith. That's my book. I, I have I started writing it, but we're we'll, really? just gonna be out in some years. Um, but no, yeah, I had about one hundred and fifty dollars to my name. I was a recent graduate of the University of Northern Colorado, where I studied musical theater, and um, I graduated back in twenty thirteen, and then I went home for the summer. So my mom was like, you got to come home for the summer. I would always work at a regional theater in Colorado called the Arvada Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I kind of got my professional start when I was in college, performing at the summer stop for my school and at the Arvada Center, which is about 30 minutes to an hour outside of where I went to college. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah. So my mom's like, you got to come home for the summer because you're never here for the summer. And I was like, bet I'll come home. But I'm getting me a one way ticket to New York at the end of the summer. And she's like, OK. And I remember picking a date and she's like, oh, you should stay longer because your brother's birthday. Oh, you should stay longer because we're going to do this. And like it kept getting pushed back. And I was like, August 5th, I'm out this thing. <laughs> and so I got, uh, you know, in in Atlanta, the home of Delta. Everybody knows somebody who works for Delta, mm-hmm. and so I got one of my uh, like friends to get me a standby ticket, and I packed up my bag. and My cousin, my mother is from New York originally, and mm-hmm. so I had a cousin that lived in like uh, Brooklyn in this little basement apartment, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna sleep on her futon, and then <laughs> I'm gonna go to my grandpa's house, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna go to this person's house," like not really knowing what couch hopping entailed in New York City Mm -hmm. um but I was like yeah I'm gonna figure it out when I get there and so I just came I didn't really have a place to stay I just was gonna stay on her futon didn't have a job didn't have much money but I had a dream I had faith um I had hard work and uh you know a work ethic that would get me to where I knew I wanted to be and Broadway is in New York so I was like first step I gotta move there And one of my, yeah, one of my professors told us, like, you know, after college, a lot of kids are like, well, I don't have money. So Mm -hmm. I have to go save up money. And my professor was like, you can be broke in New York, or you can be broke at home. Like, (laughs) it doesn't, like, it's up to you. Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Like, I don't have to go home per se to save up money to move. If I can finagle some things I can move and then I can like start to build my foundation there and I'll figure it out. So that's what I did.
1: <laughs> wow. And, and you know, so many people come to New York city and they're motivated. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're driven to get to New York yeah. city for a purpose, for a reason. And yeah. and, 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 when, and when you're driven and you've got that purpose, then, if you you know sort of navigate and negotiate your way through through uh, the process, uh, yeah. then you're you're sure to kind of at least put one foot into your dream. Okay, yeah, where you see oh, it's possible. Wait a minute, yeah. Uh, if I, 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 so what if I could do first... this, then I could do the next thing. There you go. That's it. So, yeah. what was your first? What was your first job uh, in, in in New York?
2: So, my my first job that has nothing to do with, well, it actually did kind of have something to do with my profession currently, but it was working at a dance store. It's uh, called Capizio. They sold oh, dance I know shoes. Capizio. And, yeah. Leotards, the, all the things. And my cousin that I was sleeping on her futon, <laughs> mm-hmm. her roommate mm-hmm. moved out. So, I got her roommate's room and um, she worked and my cousin worked at Capizio. So I moved into the roommate's room and I was like, I need a job. She was like, okay, we have an opening at Capizio. And so I applied there and I got a job there. Um, And then while I was at Capizio and for any job I've ever had in New York, that was like my day job. I always told them, I'm here to like be on Broadway. Like I'm here to be a performer. So I'm just letting you know, like if I have an audition or anything like that, I'm going to try to give you as much notice as possible but some days we get it the day before so you never know so I was just like okay I'm here this is my day job but I'm really here for something else and Mm -hmm. it came there came a point where I auditioned for a production called Witness Uganda at the Mm -hmm. American Repertory Theater Mm -hmm. and it was for Broadway director Diane Paulus um, Griffin Matthews and Matt Goulds were the composer and lyricist and it was such a and Darrell. Grant Moultrie was a choreographer, um, who is amazing. He, uh, all of them, the entire team was beautiful to work with. But that was my first, um, like, appointment that my agent had booked me since I moved. And I did the appointment, and then I got a callback. And on the day of the callback, mm-hmm. I had a callback for like another production of Once on This Island. In a at a regional theater, so I was like, Oh, I got two callbacks <laughs> in the same day, and I was trying to get off work, and they wouldn't let me off work. And I They're was working. like, No, and I said, Uh uh-uh, uh, this is my first callback for like a Broadway director. I'm going to this callback, <laughs> and uh, you know, I reminded, I said, Look, I told you that this is what I moved here for, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I tried to get someone to cover my shift, they never, they didn't, it didn't work out. So I missed. I, t- I was like, look, I'm missing work. I'm going to this. And I was like, God, please let me book one of these shows, just at least one, so I could go back and be like, see, <laughs> this is, you know, and I booked them both. And so I really? went back to work. Yes, I went back Whoa. to work. I got written up. But I was like, <laughs> I booked two jobs. <laughs> so, it was, so I ended up staying at Capizia like a little bit longer until I left to do Witness Uganda at American Repertory Theater at Harvard. And, um, and it was amazing. And I was able to get my equity card to join the union. And so like all those things kind of just lined up perfectly. And I was unable to do the production of Once on this Island that I had also auditioned for. But when mm-hmm. I finished Witness Uganda, I did another production of Once on this Island, like somewhere else. <laughs> so it like, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> I
1: see. But, I always believe I always believe that God's universe is conspiring in my favor and the best is yet to come. And it sounds like that's the path that you're on.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yes, that for sure. So witness Uganda was my first like professional experience here in like in New York. That was my first big audition that I booked and it was an appointment that my agent got me at the time and it just all worked out beautifully and I met some like lifelong friends that I still kick it with to this day, and um, yeah,
1: it was, well, it was great. That, That's a beautiful thing. You want to give a shout out to your agent right now?
2: Oh, I'm not with them any longer, and not that agent. Oh, so-, <laughs> 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 so no, I do not want to give them a shout out. <laughs> Oh, but I thank them for helping me on my journey. So, yes, but I'm not going to say any names. Okay. All
1: right. Okay. So, uh, all right. So, so now you, you've done these two uh, projects and uh, what was the next one that you kind of rolled on into? Uh,
2: The next one after that, I actually came back to New York and was uh, working as a hostess for a little bit (laughs) Um, (laughs) in New York city. And then um, I did a production of Memphis at the Arvada Mm -hmm. center, which is where I used to work during college. Um, And so it was really nice. It was kind of like a going back home, you know, to be able to book the lead role in Memphis, the musical, and go back and do that in Colorado. And my college professors, you know, all came to see it. And my family came out to see it. And then when I got back, from um from doing that it was a bit of a lull and i was like okay what's happening what are we okay god what's next (laughs) um and but in those in those moments of like having a lull i would always encourage myself to like go do open mics or go do different things to kind of you know figure out or to continue growing your skills And so I would do that in my downtime, but I auditioned for beautiful, the Carol King musical, but the national tour. And they were auditioning me like a year in advance. And I was like, this is early for a tour. Like, I know you have to solidify who you want to make sure they don't book anything else, Mm -hmm. but I was like, this is early. Maybe they have a spot on Broadway opening up and I auditioned for the tour. I got a call back and then they called me and made an offer for Broadway. They were like, we don't need her for the tour. Yeah. They were like, so we don't need it for the tour, but we were wondering, does she mind being a swing on Broadway in the meantime? And I was like, uh, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, I was like, wait, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so so they did have a position on Broadway opening up um, and I just so happened to book it. So that was my Broadway debut that about was a your- year and a half after I moved to New York City.
1: Well that's beautiful. You know I I for my blade, if I may blow my own horn. I also did Broadway. Come on, choo, choo. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, I I did Broadway choo. for a week. Yes, I a I, week? I, <laughs> <laughs> I I Come I was on. The, uh I, I did a week at the Palace Theater on Broadway. I was the uh the MC for the Josephine Baker uh show. You did a one woman show and I was her her MC top hat and and tuxedo and all that stuff, you know. Uh that was my Broadway debut.
2: Come on! I played Josephine Here. Baker in a workshop of a musical back in the day at Yale Repertory Theater that's coming to Broadway soon. Olympica. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh so
1: we have that in common too.
2: Come on, Plus, Josephine.
1: <laughs> Plus, I only came to New York City with a, with a little bit less than two hundred dollars in my pocket. So, well, there
2: you, you go. Know, we I, have that in common too. There we, we go. have
1: that in common too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this is great. Uh, we've got about thirty seconds before we uh, go to break, but I just want to remind people that i that we're listening to and talking to uh, the uh, wonderful uh, rising Broadway star uh, Miss Aisha Jackson. And uh, we're going to talk to her about uh, being the first black woman to play Anna in Frozen when we come back. So don't go away. And remember, you can always go to HarlemAmerica.com and check out some of our wonderful uh, uh, interviews with some celebrities and and business icons. And we also have Harlem America TV, which you'll be able to see this on after we go into uh, post-production. So we'll be right back with What's Hot Harlem America and G Keith Alexander and Aisha Jackson. Chill.
0: Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today.
1: You're listening to Harlem America.
0: I love it a lot.
1: For entertainment.
0: Check it out. Check it out.
1: Empowerment. And health and wellness. Ha-ha Harlem America. Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York.
0: You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Also, you can send an email to G. Keith Alexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Thank you, Kevin Bernay. She's a wonderful voiceover artist and singer herself. <coughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, we're here with uh, Aisha Jackson and uh, Aisha uh, we met during Harlem week you were in Frozen uh, at the time and I, I remember uh, saying to you oh I, you know I, I've got to get you on my show so I've got <laughs> you on the show now tell yes. me
2: how
1: how did you get this 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 stellar part of Anna in Frozen?
2: All right. A lot of auditions. And when I say a lot, I mean like seven to eight. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. So it was, um, I received an appointment from my current agent and they were like, hey, Disney is doing Frozen on Broadway and they are looking for Elsa, actually. Mm -hmm. I went into Elsa. I went in for Elsa first. And when I went in, they were like, oh, we need you to be this or be that. Like they gave me some different notes and At the end of the day, they were like, she's just so bubbly and joyful. And like, uh, I feel like she's like the same
1: thing. I was thinking the same thing. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah.
2: they were like, I feel like she's more of an Anna," And which was funny because I'm like, I'm an older sister. Like I am like I can embody Elsa, but I am joyful and bubbly and youthful. And that's what they, you know, that's what they needed for Anna. And so they asked me to come back in after I've been in a couple of times to come back in for Anna instead. So I swapped and learned all the different, um, music and sides and everything that we had for that character. And I went in for, um, uh, an initial audition for that and then a callback and then like a kind of a chemistry read with the other Elsas and Kristoffs, and then a music session. And like, so it it just kept, I was like, okay, (laughs) okay, I guess we'll see. And then we had the final, final callback and, um, The director, Michael Grandage, was in the room. uh, Kristen and Bobby Lopez, the composer, lyricist, book writer, like everyone was there, producers, everyone. And um, we finished that. And I felt very confident about the work that I put forward. Uh, But Patty Mirren was... Um, Anna on Broadway and she had been a part of the production like in workshops and different things like that as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so um, she got the part and she was beautiful she originated the role and Mm -hmm. shined brightly and they called me to see if I wouldn't mind being the standby which is the cover for the role but uh, whenever that woman or leading lady, whoever, whenever they call out, if you're their standby, Mm -hmm. you go on. So emergencies, vacations, personal days, five minutes before the show, and they're like, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was my job, a little stressful, Um, but it was also beautiful because it was a moment for me to make history, um, to go on and be the first Black woman, which when I accepted the part, I don't really think I thought about that you know the um the responsibility and the just the joy of that um but i accepted it and when i went on it was the day before the first understudy rehearsal
1: (laughs) Mm, mm, mm.
2: right let that settle in yeah (laughs) um Mm. but uh uh-huh but we had done an out-of-town production of it in denver first so usually when you bring in a new show to broadway we do an out-of-town tryout in another city just to get all the kinks out and have some extra time developing the show so we did it in denver which is also cool because i went to school in colorado i went to college Mm -hmm. in colorado and uh so did it there and then we had three months off and then we came back to new york and we rehearsed but it was a completely different show we made a lot of different Changes. And so the show that I rehearsed in Denver was not the show that they were rehearsing in in New York. (laughs) But as a standby, you sit on the side and you take notes in rehearsal. So I'm just taking copious notes and I'm learning my lines and I have music rehearsals. And I had a few, um, you know, like scene work to work on our lines and learn the blocking and stuff, but not that much. I hadn't had rehearsal on the stage. And typically, like understudies and covers have rehearsal the week after the show opens. Because, of course, all of the energy is going to the cast members who are on every night. So, right. um, Patty Murin was playing Anna. Casey Levy was playing Elsa. Like, those are the women that were being rehearsed. And I'm, like, you know, sitting there taking notes. And the week after we opened, Patty got bronchitis. It was mm. on a two-show day. Wednesday matinee, she did it. But she, you know, of course, was sick. So, she mustered through. And then after the show, they were like, so we just want to get you on stage and get you walking around and see what it is you would need to be prepared to go on tonight, possibly. And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, "Okay." (laughs) Um, but they told me that during the matinee. So I was able to, like, take my book out and watch her and make sure I had all the right notes and all those things. But I was memorized. I was prepared. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Okay, that's what we say. And it was my job to be prepared, so I was. And uh, that evening, we set up for to have rehearsal on stage, and my stage manager was like, "So, I think she's fine. I think she's gonna pull through." And then, like Mm -hmm. five minutes later, he was (laughs) like, "So, you're on tonight?" And I was like, (laughs) "Okay." (laughs) So I said, "Okay, let me go cry and pray and tell my family and make a video to document this moment, and then we can start rehearsal." (laughs) Get down. Wow. Wow. So um, I did all those things. And then we mm-hmm. uh, had rehearsal, and they called the cast in early. And we rehearsed for like two hours on the stage and figured things out. And then they were like, okay, places. And I was like, okay, where does she start? <laughs> like, I was like, where do I go? What happens? And I just had to trust um, my preparation and my gift and go forth. And we had a wonderful show. And at the end of what, like, I think the show was like two hours, 15 minutes or so, two hours and, you know, 30. I, I walked out and I looked across the stage because it was time to take a bow as a principal, as a leading lady on Broadway. And I hadn't mm-hmm. ever done that. Like, we, we got the final bow. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I'm looking across the stage at Casey Levy and I am walking to meet her center stage to take a bow as a principal for the first time on Broadway as the first black honor on Broadway. And I did all of this without like a lot of rehearsal. And like, (laughs) I, I met the moment, I met the (laughs) moment I was prepared and it went Splendidly, like it went very well. I remember Casey Levy playing, who was playing Elsa, being like, I'm mad that that was your first time ever doing this, like all Mm. the way through, because that was excellent. (laughs) And I was like, approved. I've done my job. (laughs) Um,
1: When when preparation meets opportunity, then you have success.
2: Yes. Couldn't say it better. At, at,
1: at, at, At what time did the butterflies leave, though?
2: they didn't leave
1: (laughs) they didn't leave
2: they were fluttering around in there the entire time i used them okay
1: i used them
2: i was like because anna is also a very energetic character and she's so like joyful and and kind of quirky and kooky and unique and like just says whatever comes to mind and is has so much energy. And so those butterflies, I was just like, okay, just use them, just use them. And I would always remind myself because as a standby, sometimes we, we know the night before, sometimes we know mm-hmm. two hours before the show. Sometimes we know five minutes before the show because it's an emergency <laughs> and you have to do it. So mm-hmm. it, those butterflies, they come. <laughs> and I, I combat that with like, you can use them one, Two, you are prepared for this moment. You're prepared for such a time as this, so don't. And three, being a Black woman stepping into this role, I always thought, okay, tonight, somebody is in the audience that needs to see me do this. Like, so I have to, that is my responsibility. Whether I want to do it, whether I feel 100% prepared or 100% well, because sometimes as covers, like we're not doing it as much. So we have to build our stamina in other ways. Um, And sometimes, you know, you go to work and you don't feel like, Doing it, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's me tonight. Okay, here we go. Um, and but also just remembering, like, it's also a blessing. Like, it is a job. It is work. It is hard, but it's a blessing. It's your dream fully realized. Yes. You're able to do this, yes. and it's something that you love. So you have to remember that at the end of the day. And I would just always remind myself, like, somebody in the audience needs to see you do this. Whether it's someone who needs their mind to be opened to mm-hmm. a- accept mm-hmm. people of color in these parts, or people of mm-hmm. color, period. Whether it's a young chocolate drop, as I call them,
0: <laughs> that needed to <laughs> see
2: themselves on stage, that needed to see someone with their skin, and whenever I would hear the stories of, I remember the first week that I went on for a couple of sh- that that week that I made my debut, she was she had bronchitis, so of course I had to go on for a couple more shows, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. she got better. And at um at one point after the show, one of those shows, someone came up to me and was like, I was sitting next to this young um. African-American girl and she said mommy she looks like me when you came out on stage (laughs) that got me I was like okay that's why I'm here that's why I'm doing it like it just and I never forgot that I was like you have to remember that so when you do feel down when you do feel like it's just the job or it's just whatever or you feel I'm not prepared today or I don't feel as well Mommy, she looks like me. Mommy, I could be a princess because she's a princess. Like, those are the, that's the feedback that I would hear at the stage door and from fans and stuff like that. And just seeing, seeing these young women and men, like boys and girls and people just like light up when they see someone who looks like them on stage playing one of their favorite characters. Like, that's pretty. That's cool. And to me, that's it's a responsibility to show them that like it is possible, and that you can do whatever you put your mind to, and that you can't allow people to hold you back. Because people would people were like, "Anna can't be black," and I'm like, "Well, I'm Anna and I'm black, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> you're changing that. lives. Yeah,
2: that's that and they're like oh well you don't have red hair because I opted to have a wig that was the Mm -hmm. color of my hair I still had the streak Mm -hmm. that is what is most you know important about that character she had the little white streak because Elsa struck her when she was a little girl um Mm -hmm. I still had that and Disney approved it (laughs) they gave me the right of way to not have red hair and I thought that it was important for young black girls to see their hair color on this young chocolate princess as well to, to fully see themselves embodied in this character. And so, you know, I was just like, yes, yeah, Anna's black. I'm black. We could do it. <laughs> like <laughs> it's fine. And, and at the end of the day, the check still clears. So your, your hate and your, hey. I don't want it. You know, that is, is not important to me because there's a little person out there or grown people. There were also adults that would come up to me being like, wow, I've never seen, I've never seen myself represented in this way. And I'm like, so grateful to have seen it even in my, Mm -hmm. like, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a great responsibility to have. And um, yeah, it's just been, I don't know, it's fed me in many ways, in more ways than I thought it might. Um, And I'm very grateful for that opportunity to be able to say that. (laughs) But I think well, that, that is
1: <laughs> you did, that, and and that's <laughs> wonderful uh, because I, I I remember I recall reading somewhere where a Disney production uh, had a black uh, lead, and they got feedback—not Disney, but but mm-hmm. the, 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 there was some public, uh, you know, yeah. feedback and, and and denunciation of 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 the black mm-hmm. character, you know. Yeah. But I'm glad that that didn't happen to you great
2: no it, so. it tried to happen it tried to happen but we we pushed that away we said no 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 no, no no we're not we're not doing that we're not doing that Good.
1: <laughs> so so tell me about Snow White now what the uh, you also played snow White I
2: did. <laughs> just in the princess land that's where I've been the last couple of years off and on um, snow White is actually a character in this production called once upon a one more time which mm. is kind of its It's been deemed the Britney musical. It's Britney Spears music, but it's not her story. Um, We just use her music. And it's kind of like a fairy tale dream factory of sorts where the princesses act out their stories for the little girl who's reading the book. So when the children are like, oh, I want a story uh, before bed. If they pick my story, then I'm the one that's like acting it out. That's kind of like our dream factory. Uh-huh. But then we get a wish from the uh, uh, our fairy godmother. And Cinderella is like, I want more. Like, what is this life that we're doing? We're acting out these stories. It's all the same stories. We don't have any other stories. And she asks for more. And then her fairy godmother gives her Uh, The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan, and she learns about uh, women's rights and equality and like all these different things. And then we start to question the norm. And we're like, well, why do we only have these books? Why don't we have more books? And then um, we find out that our prince gets paid and we don't get paid. And then we find (laughs) out that like so we find out all these different things and then we're like enlightened. And we're like, no, we want more. And so it's basically about all of these princesses coming together to fight for a voice and to fight. Um, to have the right to write their own story, um, essentially. So that's that's what that is. And I played Snow White in that, and we did a production at uh, Shakespeare Theater in DC last year around this time. And um, uh, it's Broadway bound, hopefully. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if I get to originate that on Broadway. That would be really what? nice. I've been working on it since 2017. So really. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. let's audience, audience, let's believe that Aisha Jackson will be coming back to Broadway real soon. Yes, okay? yes. Now, yes. now you, you're still in the, the Disney family because you're over in London now for a Disney production, is, is that correct?
2: Yeah, I, I did a, a short little tour with the Disney Princess concert. Um, and it's all like we have four princesses essentially that have played. Uh, Disney princesses on Broadway at one point or another. And we just come together to sing all of the different music. So I got to sing a little Lion King, sing a little Tiana, sing some Frozen, sing some um, Merida from uh, from the movie Brave and like all these different things. So we've been out here. We did a show in Kuwait. We did a couple mm-hmm. shows in Kuwait. Um, and it's the first time that Disney has done a show in that region and the first time that they had like a, a kid's show. Um in Kuwait. And so everyone was really excited and the the little ones came in their dresses and everything. So it was really nice and successful. And then we came out to London for a Disney 100 years. Um, Disney will be celebrating 100 years very soon. And so it's an event to kick that off. And we got to sing a little part of your world and Moana and different songs like that.
1: And what do you think of Kuwait?
2: It was, I mean, our time there was very brief, but it was very lovely. Everyone treated us with um, like they were very hospitable and they were warm and welcoming. It was it was pretty nice to be there. I would love to go back and be able to actually stay a little bit longer and Mm -hmm. explore the region because we were really just at the cultural center performing and then going back to our hotel. (laughs) But um, we had a lovely time while while we were there.
1: Well, that is uh, wonderful. And uh, so you are living in Harlem which makes yeah. you a Harlem American. Uh, come on,
2: come on. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> and uh, have, w- w- tell us what, because you come from Atlanta, w- w- what do you think of Harlem?
2: I mean, I love it. I love it. I think it's, uh, I mean, also, I love how black Harlem is because, I mean, how can you not? I just love it. Um, but also just like being surrounded by so many different uh cultures and races in our neighborhoods and also just my mother is from new york so um she grew up not in harlem well like on the east side on like 112th in first she's old. okay well so she's okay, like yeah, 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 you know that's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's harlem it's harlem yeah. so like to also be close to a neighborhood that like my family grew up in is also um that makes me feel like a little bit closer to home my dad will say you are a georgia peach you are not a dirty apple i'm sorry that's what he calls (laughs) 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 y'all he called that's what he calls you and my mom's like no i'm a sweet apple so we all go back and forth (laughs) but it makes me feel very proud to be a part of this community indeed and rich with history and culture yeah
1: fantastic well okay so we're going to take a short break right now and we'll be right back with what's hot harlem america with g keith alexander and aisha jackson from broadway in london Come and, on. And, 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 and <laughs> Colorado, college park, college park <laughs> yeah, harlem okay yes. we'll be right back <clears throat>
0: Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business, making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today.
1: Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero.
0: You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to G. Keith Alexander at harlemamerica.com. Now back to
1: the show. Yes, so we are here uh, with Aisha Jackson, and uh, this is our—you know—I'm—we're having so much fun that I'm really sorry that this is our last block. You know, this ah. is the last segment, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm going to have to have you back again, of course. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, yes. So, so now tell us what are some of your other dreams and aspirations and and, and what do you ultimately want to achieve in, in your stellar uh, journey?
2: Well, ultimately my goal in life and with what I call my ministry or my calling is to like, to be a light to others, uh, to inspire others using the gifts that I feel like God has given me. So I've had many opportunities to do that. Um, but moving forward, I desire to dig a little bit deeper into mentorship. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had, I have a few little mentees that um, I'm helping on their journey. And -hmm. I just love giving back in that way to, you know, tell them like what worked for me, what didn't work for me, what could work for them uh, and hook them up with different people to help them on their journey for Broadway television film or, or just being, you know, and living in New York. So that's something that is, Near and dear to my heart. I have some plans about, you know, a nonprofit organization and different things like that. So be on the lookout. Um, mm. But also, career wise, um, I've gotten into like some voiceover work recently. Oh, great. Great. And that's something that brings me a lot of joy being able to bring these different characters to life. Like most of the voiceovers that I've booked, I've also filmed like from my living room. <laughs> <laughs> which has been great. Oh, yeah. um, you know, during the pandemic, it's like, okay, we can't get you in the studio. So like we make a studio at home. Um, That's right. And do so, self
1: auditions.
2: Yeah. So it's been very cool to um, dive into that world a little bit more. And I definitely would love to do some TV and film. I did my first Hulu episodic. I filmed it a couple, a um, couple months ago now. And so I'm eager to see it when it is released. Um, but, Yeah, I I would love to to do that. And I have some Broadway musicals that are in development to be Mm -hmm. a leading lady on Broadway and create more roles for Black women to shine brightly on Broadway Mm -hmm. stages. That's a goal of mine. And so Mm -hmm. I've um, had the opportunity to develop a couple of different roles in some work sessions happening right now for Great Gatsby the musical and a revival of Pal Joey and different things like that. And I don't know what the future is for them, but it's really nice to be in the room and to help make space for more characters that, um, that create representation for my culture and my people. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I you mentioned voiceovers. Uh, for years, uh, I've done uh, I've done voiceover. I've done over a thousand national radio and TV commercials uh, since yes. my uh, career uh, started. So uh, I need to talk but... to
2: you. It's not like I need to talk <laughs> to you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I I I, I used to teach. Uh, I had Voiceover Academy, and I used to teach from 2003 oh, yeah. up until 2015, and then I started developing Harlem America Digital Network. So I stopped really. Pursuing the the voiceovers. In fact, my agent, as uh, my wonderful agents, uh, you know, they've called me on occasion and, and trying to pull me back into the voiceovers, yeah. but I've been so busy. Now, I did the the last TV show that I auditioned for during pandemic. You know, self auditions, mm-hmm. like you were just talking about, was uh, East New York that, uh, that, yes. uh, that 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 cop show coming out? Yeah, of, uh, I
2: auditioned for that recently too. I didn't get you it, did. but I hope you I didn't did. Get it.
1: <laughs> No, know. I auditioned for the part of the uh, the precinct commander's father. You know. Oh, and, and, okay. And I had to do the the, the self audition here at, the, at home yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, self tapes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're not yeah. alone. A lot of people hate doing self tapes. We we <laughs> complain about them often, but I've I've gotten my my uh my mojo with them. Like I found my process that works now. But yeah, they they can be a a bit time consuming
1: (laughs) yeah because you know you got to find the right set you know the right background move furniture around and and right you know and all that stuff and we we used to just be able to get on down to the studio and audition at the studio Mm -hmm. and then walk out and go home you know but uh, anyway uh, that's the way it is now so all right so are there any do you have any regrets? Has it, have you, have, did you ever, did you give up anything? Did you have to give up anything to become the Aisha Jackson you are now?
2: There have been um, some relationships that I've had to give mm. up, thinking that like I needed to make more space for uh, whatever this career might bring in the very beginning, which I think I don't regret doing that because I think I, I did need to do it. But I there are times that I'm like, I wish I would have seen what it was like to make space for love and career, which (laughs) I do feel like I feel like I'm in a space now that I'm like, oh, I can make space for that. But Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I felt like I was very much so like, okay, nothing else. No distractions. Here we go. We got to get we got to hit the ground running. We got to build the foundation. And I do think that in the moment that was the correct choice. I just wonder. I'm always like, well, what would have happened? You know? Um, but I do feel like I, I, I did need to focus, but I could have made a bit more room for that. I do. I will say that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when you wake up every morning and you've got a purpose, uh, that, that purpose sometimes sort of, you know, overshadows anything else in your life. And if, and if people, you know, can't necessarily allow you to to, to be on your mission, to follow that purpose. That part. Yeah, then, you know, you got to make some hard
2: decisions. You got to make, yep, yep, and you got to make more space for your purpose or space for a person who will um, um, have uh, room for that as well right. and support you in that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Always,
1: I always say one of the most beautiful things in life is to find someone who delights in watching you do your
2: thing. Oh, yes, that's beautiful yeah because they'll support it they won't try to dim your light and they'll they'll have their own light as well that you can support you know and and you all can help each other grow and flourish it's not there's no jealousy or like oh well they have that and i don't have you know yeah
0: that's
1: right yeah so all right so now um so then you're so i i take it then and 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 those uh folks out there who think that they are uh, of quality and uh (laughs) You know, yes. Uh,
2: excellence only, uh, please. <laughs> excellence
1: only. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are now hearing it first right here on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander that Aisha Jackson might make a little space for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: make a lot of space. If you show me that you're worth it, we can make space. We can.
1: There you go. <laughs> there, there you go. So uh, what are some of the attractions uh, you've seen in London or or are you going to take your mom around to uh, to see?
2: Yes. So I've been here before. So I've gone by the like Buckingham Palace and I mm. saw the London Eye and like all those things. Mm. But I'm going to try to take her to like um, they have like a bunch of different markets around for mm-hmm. they have uh, I hear They have the best Indian food here in London. So we might go do that for dinner um, and take her to the, the Tower Bridge and to see the London Eye and all that stuff. So but when we get to Paris, you know, we go into the Eiffel Trap. Okay. (laughs)
1: That's where we're going. That's that's
2: number one on the list.
1: (laughs) Paris is my favorite European city. Yes. Everything about the Paris, you know. Yeah. Being Uh,
2: here in London for a week, I'm like, I could see myself living over here. I wouldn't be too upset about it. And my great grandmother is from Bristol, England, which is about mm -hmm. two hours from London. So. I have family close by, and hopefully we might be able to um, to meet them soon. So we'll see what happens.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So uh, it, in this last block, uh, is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover, but you'd like for yeah. your fans or folks to know about?
2: Um, no, you, I mean, you hit it all. You hit a lot of stuff, so... There's not. I'm that kind of, I don't know I'm that kind of
1: guy. You know, You're you that, kind, I'm that guy. kind of guy.
2: You're good. Yeah, yeah. You're good at your job. You know, you've been out here <laughs> doing the thing. So, um, but no, I just want to say it's been, it's been lovely to sit here and talk with you. From the first time I met you, your spirit has been very loving and welcoming and joyful. And um, well, it's been very nice to to chat with you. You do remind me of, of my late grandpa, so it's been really? also nice to, yeah, oh, nice. I think you two would have got along. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all, I, I, I think you might have met him, I don't know, I don't know in my brain, I'm telling myself that, because you know, he's from New York, he was a cool yeah. dude growing up, so maybe y'all, maybe y'all crossed paths. No, what was his name? John Watson. And he was a
1: John singer. Watson. Wait a minute. John, you mean D- John Watson? <laughs>
2: you mean D- John Watson?
1: <laughs> wow.
2: You know, <laughs> Like, oh yeah, me and John used to go. What's that? I got a picture of him in my office. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go find it. Let me go find it.
1: Yeah. Uh, un- unfortunately, I don't recall meeting your grandfather, <laughs> but I bet he listened to me on the radio, though. I bet, I bet he, he did. To- I bet he listened I bet to he WPLS did. and and Kiss FM and and I bet and, he uh, did. And he used to be a, um,
2: a personal driver as well. So in the in New York, really? So I'm pretty sure he listened to you.
1: <laughs> so he had the radio on quite a bit then. Okay.
2: Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. I, I, I wonder
1: when I used to take limousines. I wonder if he was my driver.
2: I Whoa. do wonder. Who knows? Maybe he
1: was. <laughs> Maybe you two
2: did cross paths.
1: Oh, you is. So all right, now I, I think we we like you say, we we covered a lot. Um, yes. and you may be coming back to Broadway. Uh, you'll you'll find I may. out we
2: soon. we have a couple different projects that are, as I like to say, they they're cooking. They're on the stove, they're in the oven. we we'll see which one is ready first. but we mm-hmm. do have uh, I have my hands in a couple different projects, which is actually really cool because you never know which one is going to go and which ones might not. And so we'll see, hopefully in in the 2023, 2024, or 2024, 2025 season, (laughs) we'll have a few Broadway musicals starring Aisha Jackson.
1: Well, that's great. And I certainly hope that uh, the PR person for the uh, for that theater production will allow me to uh, get some preview tickets. To, oh,
2: uh, oh, we got you. You already got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic! It's in the, it's,
2: it's in the contract. We can just and we need G Keith Alexander. We need how many tickets you want? Let me know.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll I'll settle for just two. It would be nice. Oh, yeah, we we'll uh, get
2: you two. We we'll get you two, yeah. and we we'll get you on right <laughs> in there. Of course, you got these, you, you connected.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first, right here on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Aisha, it has been so nice as we wind down, and uh, it was uh, lovely seeing you at uh, Harlem America, I mean at uh, Harlem Week, and, uh, and also as you walked past my... My uh, uh, apartment. Your uh, stoop. That yes, I was on the stoop and uh, yeah, it was very nice chatting with you. But now we had a chance to really spend some time together, and I really, really yeah. am grateful. So me thank too. you so thank very, you. very much. And I'm thank gonna. You for you know, having me. Oh hey, my pleasure. I, <laughs> I, in fact, you're gonna come back one day.
2: Oh yeah, soon. I'm gonna come back. Yes. I'll see. I'll see you all soon. You'll hear me soon. I'll be back. Yes. maybe I'll sing next time. Oh, that'd be great. That was great. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: now, uh, I just want to let you know that this interview will be posted on your brand support page on What's Hot Harlem America. Yes. And uh, not only that, uh, this interview will go into post-production and we'll uh, add some graphics and things. And uh, I'll let you know when that's available. That'll be down the road a little bit. But I'll let yes. you know when that's available as well. Yes. So, uh this is just—I'm uh, just so elated, and I don't—I I don't know what else to say. I know I have to <laughs> shut up because we're running out of time. But thank you. We, we say
2: love and light to all those listening. Love and light. And thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> That's right. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walked a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, life is tough, but you're tougher. And I'll see you back here again next Friday on What's Hot Harlem America with G Keith Alexander and let's all throw some hugs and kisses and 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 some <laughs> blessings and, and love to each yeah, other yeah, and yeah. especially to Aisha Jackson today.
0: Take that, take that, take that Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.